I know when I say that it's Next Gen Sunday, some of you are like, why did I come on Next Gen Sunday? Well, first of all, it's the most energetic day of the year, which is awesome. So that, that's good. Um, but for those of you who are kind of going to check out and you're like, I don't, you know, children's ministry, youth ministry, I don't, I don't know why I'm here. I want to give you one tool that every person in this room could leave today with that I believe would make a significant difference in your life. Are you with me? Okay, so one tool, and here it is. It is the Bible app. Now, I, I believe very much in the Bible app, and I circled it so you wouldn't confuse it with like the PGA app that's on here, very important as well, but not as important as the Bible app. The Bible app, uh, which is also called Version, you can download it right now if it's not on your device. You can do that in church. We will let you do that. You can even use the church's Wi-Fi to do it. All of that is awesome. Um, the Bible app was created 10 years ago by a church called Life Church. I have some friends on staff there, and they envisioned uh, this idea, this concept. What if we could get the Bible into everyone's hands in a form that allowed them to take it wherever they went? So they created this app and gave it away for free. Today, so 10 years later, this app is installed on 330 million devices in our world. 330 million devices in our world. It's translated, the Bible's been translated into 1,200 languages. So there's some dialects in there, but 1,200 languages you can download on your Bible. If you can read that many languages, you can have all of them. You can have access to the Bible at any point. Now, here's where it can make a difference in your life tomorrow, and this makes a difference too for families and for students. Every single day, the verse of the day will pop up if you'll open this app. And you'll have one verse that could give you some direction, some hope, some inspiration for the day. Today's verse was, there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. Now, is that a good verse for today? That's yes. a great verse. And it's something good that you could put into your heart and into your life. At the end of the day, you could sit at your dinner table or as you tuck your kids in, if you're parents or grandparents, and you could have a simple conversation. Hey, we read this verse today together. Oh, by the way, they do have an app for kids as well. So if you have kids, they have a kids app that goes along with it, always the same verse, so you can have conversations about it. It's just a great way to incorporate the Bible into your daily life. Now, just a show of hands. How many of you are ready for football season? Okay, so that gives me a little idea to how many, how many of you are competitive people in this room? Now, I know all of you who raise your hands for football. Yes, competitive people. Now, here's the great thing about the Bible app. It gives us tools to make reading the Bible competitive. There are these things, there are these things called streaks, and it tells you how many days you've actually been on the app in a row, and you can have perfect weeks, and if, if you're going to read the Bible, don't just read the Bible, win at reading, reading the Bible. And so as a family, you can set up little competitions, and I know some of you are like, seriously, Matt, but hey, if it gets you into the Bible, it's better than not being in the Bible. So um, I have a friend who works for Life Church uh, who developed this, and I, I'm pretty sure that it's mandatory that they open it every single day because this is her report this last week. <laughs> 350 days. So for you competitive people in the room, send me an email when you hit 350 days with a picture like that. 330 perfect weeks this year. Unbelievable. Anyway, the Bible app. And it's good for, for families Absolutely. as well. Um, this is Lori Prather, uh, and hey. yeah, Lori is our, our Mountain Kids pastor. She's incredible. Many of you know Lori. She's been in this church since 
12 years. Yeah, what was, when did you? 2006. 2006, yeah. that would be 12 years. Yeah, yeah a good call. Um, <laughs> I can still do math And uh, she started as a volunteer <laughs> in children's yeah. ministry and has been on a, on a journey herself. Um, you're not alone in children's ministry. Nope. We just hired a second person yes, in yes. children's ministry, and that, and she is Karen Barry. Karen Barry. <laughs> Many of you know Karen Barry. So Karen is going to be leading in our early childhood. So if you have kids who are under uh, pre-K yeah. or uh, kindergarten yeah, age, five. yeah, uh, that's where they'll be hanging out. And um, Karen's going to be developing a new program, yes. which is... It is a mom's program. So on Thursdays, we will have a Thursday morning program and a Thursday evening program for moms who work, where you can come and bring your children and then sit. And while we will be in the Word, we also have a really big focus of bringing moms together who are in the same phase and stage of life, that sometimes you just need to hear someone go, oh, your kid does that too? Or how did you handle this? Or, oh, I'm glad I'm not the only mom that feels that way. So we find that that age, that stage can be so isolating, especially for moms. So we wanna create a space, a time, an environment where moms can come together, be in God's word, but just support each other. Yeah, yeah, so that's, that's, that's kicking off this fall. This fall, yeah. Which we're excited about. We got a few things starting uh, uh, in the next few weeks, so it's a great time uh, to jump in. So let's talk about kids ministry for a minute. Okay. Um, our kids' ministry is not childcare. No. Nor is it babysitting. <laughs> no, it as is not. awesome as those things are, yes. it's a ministry, and we yep. have a goal as we look as we look at this this span from Absolutely. from birth all the way to fifth grade. What, yeah. what what is it we're trying to do down there? We are here to partner with parents to empower their kids to be passionate, lifelong followers of Jesus. Really, everything we do supports that goal and that vision. Yeah, and so like, what does that look like? So, I mean, you have. Babies, babies in people's arms, <laughs> yes. like, like, does that even make sense for them? I mean, what, what are you yeah. trying to accomplish through that? So in the nursery, really our big focus is safety, and we want to create an environment where parents feel comfortable bringing those precious little ones to us while they can come in here. But it starts there with the songs we play and the toys we have and the books we have in there. And then as they get a little older, we don't have to wait till elementary or middle school to start imparting truth. So we want to take every opportunity we can to share the love of Jesus with them. So we teach them good old Bible songs that have biblical truths. We want to help them learn that Jesus is their friend. We want to impart in them that God loves them no matter what. And let's, we start doing that really at or, age one, two. We have full-on curriculum for yeah. them. So let, let's try this um, just to see if this has been in anybody's heart and mind. Jesus loves me. Yes, for the Okay, some of you are like, what in the world is going on right now? Um, it's, it's interesting that when we're kids and we put certain things in our minds and our hearts, it sticks. And even years later, if you haven't heard that song for 20 or 30 years, um, what a great message that Jesus loves me. Regardless, you know, Jesus loves me. And so that's what we're trying to do in children's ministry right. from birth all the way yeah, up. And yeah, and when we hit elementary, we kind of take those foundations and build on them a little bit. So our four key things in our elementary room is we want kids to know that God loves you no matter what, that the Bible is true and relevant, that Jesus wants to be your forever friend, and that we are to take – 
God's love and to go and show it to others. Yeah, that's a great pattern for what we're trying to instill in, in your kids. We create some resources to partner with parents. That yes. first part of that statement, partnering with parents, help us with that. Like, what do we want to do and how do we want to engage parents in this whole process? Absolutely. So we want to make sure that the hour that they're here every day is like the best hour of their week. However, if you add up the one hours that we get every week, we get approximately 40 maybe 50 on a really good year, maybe 50 hours with your kids the entire year to invest in them. However, we have figured out that parents, you get over 3,000 hours to influence them. Yeah. There's a big difference. There's a big difference. So <laughs> we want to partner. We want to partner, but we realize that spiritual formation will happen mostly in the home before it ever happens in the church, right? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. So one of the things that we're doing, and we did this in the spring, we'll start again in September, is we are writing the elementary curriculum to match what you're teaching in here, yeah. which then allows conversations on the way home, at lunch, to just happen way more organically and fluidly, because as parents, you already know what they talked about. Yeah, it used to be where what we taught in here was very different than what was in kids' ministry. Now it's the same, so you can actually have conversations about the same subject, the same passage of Scripture, which is awesome. It's awesome. Now, parents, let me it. say this. Um, I, I'm a parent of, of kids in high school and middle school and uh, a kid in elementary school. And what I know in our culture today, and this is true for us as well, it is so easy to uh, delegate or offload teaching of our kids to other people. For example, we say, you know, I send my kids to school a certain number of hours every day. Let them teach my kids. I send my kids to learn how to play sports because there's people so much better at sports than me, so let them do that. And, and it's easy to get caught up in the same mindset the church is the place where my kids can learn about faith. But the truth is your kids will learn more about faith in home, in your home, than they ever will in this place. And we want to partner with you, but, but, but you've got a huge role to play in the life of your kids. And grandparents, you're not off the hook either. Like <laughs> you have got to invest in the lives of your grandkids. So, so Absolutely. very important. So one of the what ways we do that is we have a take-home page that will start again in September. And it's, very, it's kind of like the journal, but way, way simpler. It's four days every week. A day that tells you something to read together in the Bible. A day to think about something, like it'll have a question. It'll give you something to pray about, encourage you kind of how to pray. And then the fourth day is something you can do and put that into action. So very easy. We give you kind of four days that you can do in the morning. You can do it dinner. You can do it bedtime. Yeah, so in a couple weeks, we'll have our journal out for the fall. So adults will all have journals that we can work through, but then we'll have a take-home sheet. Our journal. That's your journal <laughs> that's given out every yes. week to help us have those conversations yep. with our kids. So aren't you so thankful that we're not doing childcare, that we're doing ministry to our kids? So thank you, Lori. Um, we're so grateful for you. Thank she's, you. she's incredible. One of the things I love about Lori, and last night we had a conversation, we had a staff gathering, and Lori was telling me about individual kids that she's made connections with, and she's trying to in, in, engage, even though we have hundreds of kids, she's, she's making these one-on-one -on -one connections that she wants to last for a lifetime. So I'm so glad Lori's on our team. I'm glad uh, Karen's on our team. And many of you who are volunteers, the difference you're making is huge. So thank you, thank you, thank you, and thank you, Lori, yeah, for all you do. Um, so... We want to give you a quick glimpse of what happened at Camp Create and Adventure Camp and Camp 45 and Middle School Camp and High School Camp and all these camps that we've been to this summer. So this is just a quick glimpse at those trips.
Like, if your kids or students are missing out, they're missing out, and you should be volunteering as well. Because if nothing else, you get to dance. There was a lot of dancing on that, and, and you learn things. When you go on camps, you learn things. Oh, my kids are so embarrassed right now if they're in the room. Oh, I'm not even sorry about it. It's awesome. Uh, seriously, though, your, your students and your kids, get them involved. There is so much, not just fun, but there's so much development that takes place when you're away at a camp and uh, you're in a place where you can focus on your faith. Um, so Matt and Sarah uh, lead our, our student life, and um, you, can, you can welcome them. They're, they're awesome. And uh, many of you know Matt. Matt Zelich has been around um, how many years now? Uh, four or five, somewhere. Four or five years. Is, is when Life flies yeah. when you're having fun. That's right. Yeah. And uh, so he's been around. So many of you have seen Matt. He speaks. He's incredible. He's awesome. We have a new person on our student life team, and that is Sarah. Yeah. Yes. 
and not many of you have met Sarah yet, and it's an awesome opportunity um, for us as a church to engage a little bit deeper within our local schools and communities, uh, and, and they each bring unique gifts and abilities. And so, because you know Matt, I'm not going to do this to him, but I'm going to put Sarah on the hot seat for a minute and ask her some <laughs> questions so you can get to know her a little bit better. Now, I asked you this question. This is hot seat, so you got to do it quick. Oh, you you can't like... So I asked you this in the first service, and I hope your answer has changed. <laughs> Favorite band in high school? I'm going to hold to my convictions. <laughs> it will always be the Jonas Brothers. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Some of you in the room are like, did you even interview her? <laughs> like, really? That's, it's so disappointing, but it's awesome to have you here. Um, Thank you. I just I didn't see that coming when I asked you that in the first the first class. Hey. Okay, so um, one place in the world that you want to visit one of these days? Um, Ireland. Ireland. I would like to yeah. go there. Yes. Yeah. Um, you've you've been in the valley since May, kind of off and on. Kind you've been of, on yeah. all these camps and and um, other things. Uh, favorite restaurant since you since you've been in Phoenix? Oh, that's so hard. My husband and I love food. Um. um Probably Pita Jungle. Yeah. I think Pita that's Jungle's up there. a good one. Yeah. Somebody loves that answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's awesome. Okay. Uh, if you could, um, if, if, you, if you were on a, uh, on a desert island like Tom Hanks was, and you had <laughs> one food that you had to eat the rest of your life, what's the one food you would choose? Mashed potatoes and brown gravy. Mashed not potatoes white gravy. with brown, brown gravy. gravy. Have you? <laughs> okay. Um, and uh, one last question. Favorite movie? The Notebook. The Notebook. Yes. Okay. <laughs> it never gets old. <laughs> yeah. Do you cry? Only a little bit. <laughs> so, yes. So, the answer is yes. Just yeah. a little. Yeah. So, hey, so, tell us this. Um, you've only been married for? Like a month and a half. Month and so. a half. Yes. So, Sarah and, and her husband, met, uh, Kyle, met in Knoxville, Tennessee. Yep. Um, working for a church. Yep. And, uh, and then you talked him into moving here with I you. I did. Yeah, yeah. Which is We which love is it, awesome. though. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, so we met in Knoxville working at a church up there, um, got engaged, and then I accepted this position. So we moved out west, and we love it so far, um, but very much living the newlywed life, which newly is Newlywed life. It's been like the best month and a half of your yeah, life. Yeah, the best with Kyle. <laughs> so Kyle, awesome. It's good to have Kyle here as well. Yeah. Okay, you're off the hot seat. Wonderful. Um, student, student ministry is one of the most important things to a church because of the years that we get to spend with these kids. We have um, sixth grade through 12th grade. Um, so I want to ask you, what, what, is, uh, what do you think are some of the biggest issues or challenges that students are facing? The world's a different place than it was when we were all younger. I'm not putting myself in your age bracket. I know I'm older, <laughs> but it's a different place. So what are you, what are you seeing as some of the biggest challenges? Yeah, I think, I think there's two main things. I think um, identity is a big one. When I talk to students, I'm realizing that um, there's a whole other world of social media and just um, the things that are thrown at them from culture that is totally pulling for their, from their, for their affection and for their um, identity. And so I think that was something that I think we probably struggled with in middle school and high school, but I think it's to a different level. Um, and then I think hope. I think um, when you look at the world and um, 
just what um, is all around them. Like there's not a lot of hope portrayed. And so our hope is that um, that would be rooted in God and in Jesus. Um, but I think, it, yeah, it's just a different world. It's a different culture and it's hard. Yeah, I think like every generation is going to have some of the same issues. Bullying's not going to go away. Trying to find your identity, your popularity, uh, peer pressures. Those things are going to be the same forever. But what, what makes it new is, is the way that it's done. Because of technology, because of social media, because of the internet, you can now interact with, with so many more people than, you've, than you'd ever speak with. And you're, you're coming across so many different ideas and, and beliefs, and, um, and, and everyone's just trying to find who they are in the midst of all of that. And so it really is new territory, uh, which is why you know, we, we try to be intentional about uh, walking alongside students through this new territory uh, to ultimately see how their faith in Jesus plays a role in, in who they become. Yeah, every generation has new territory, and it's not just new territory for students in, in these grades, it's new territory for the parents who are trying to walk with their students, right parents? I mean, knowing how to, how to parent in this uh, technological, always connected world is a challenge for us. And so I'm so thankful we have you know, people investing in our kids and walking them through these challenges. So with those things in mind, we have, we have students from sixth grade through 12th. What's our goal in those years? What, what are we trying to accomplish as a, as a ministry? Yeah, so our ultimate like strategy goal um, for our students is for them to take ownership of their faith. Um, just listening to Lori, children's ministry does an awesome job of setting that foundation and teaching them um, the Bible. But as they get up into student ministry, we want them to really take hold um, of their faith and to own it for themselves. Um, I was in church my entire life and um, went to church with my parents, which I'm so glad they set that foundation for me. But it wasn't until middle school or high school that I really had to answer the question like, Am I going to believe in this? And am I going to root myself um, in Jesus? Um, and is that going to be my own choosing? And so that's our, our goal for our students is that they be able to wrestle with faith um, and come out on the other side knowing that um, they have a deeper, more relevant walk with Jesus. Yeah, and I, and I think that the key word in what Sarah's saying is foundational. Like these are foundational years, and uh, it's just so important to be intentional through, through this, this stage of faith. A lot of kids come to church, you know, almost in proximity because their family, their parents take them. Uh, and so there might be a familiarity with, with church, but, but when you take ownership of it, when we talk about, we want students to have a faith that's world tested because it will be tested. Uh, and, and we need that to happen sooner rather than later that um, when challenges in faith arise, when questions arise, uh, instead of being left to, to figure out the answers on your own, you actually have a community, a, su a support network uh, to help you navigate through some of that stuff. Yeah, a lot of research has been done, and parents, uh, you are already aware of this. As your kids get older, your influence on the kids begins to decrease. Like as that, as that path moves, your influence is decreasing. And whether we like it or not, there are other influences that begin to replace us as parents. So being wise about what voices begin to speak into the lives of our kids extremely important. And you all are trying to help do that. There, there's this study that, that we've looked at that talks about what students need in terms of faith in these years. And here are three things. Safe space to explore faith. So a, a, a place where they can ask questions, uh, where they have doubts, where they can wrestle with things. Most students, especially in high school, are not going to do this in the context of their home. They need a safe place to do that outside their home. Wise relationships, so other voices speaking into their lives, and then rhythms to practice that faith. So 
as kids begin to disengage from the same rhythms their parents have, they're, they're engaging other rhythms and so creating some helpful ways for them, like the Bible app is one, uh, to help them get into some practices of faith that, that continue to build that overall. How is our programming speaking to these huge needs in the lives of our kids? Yeah, so student life, we have like three main um, pillars, if you will. So Sunday morning is one of those. That's a huge um, way that we interact and um, help students encounter Jesus. And so during this service is actually when our high school students meet um, at 1045 and at 915 is when our middle school students meet. And we all meet down in the student life area. If you've been down there, it's brand new and it's awesome. We'll be down there afterwards. Um, But this is a way to engage with games and with worship and with teaching, Um, just a way for students to interact with their faith and with each other. Um, And so that's a big part of our ministry as well as life groups. Um, We say that life groups really are the heartbeat of our ministry. Um, If we didn't have them, we probably couldn't survive on the games and teaching alone because life groups are so important. Um, Students need to connect with a community and with a small group leader, um, and that's the place that they do that. And so in a smaller setting, um, a group of eight to ten students, they can interact with their faith together and ask the hard questions um, and have a caring adult to walk alongside them. And so that really is the heartbeat of our ministry. And and when are those small groups? So those will start in the fall in September. We'll be launching that soon. Right after Labor Day. On Sunday nights. Yes, Sunday Sunday nights from 530 to 730. Awesome. And, and, you know, as we talk about Sunday morning and we talk about life groups, those those are the moments that students really are wrestling with their faith. We're having conversations. We're trying to build a supportive community. And and I know a lot of students and and even parents have a concern of like, I want to get there, but I need an on-ramp. Like it's hard to just dive in and be like, hey, I'm a part of a group or I'm a part of a Sunday morning community. Um, And that's why we have things like uh, our outreach events and our camps. Uh, You you see clips from from, uh, what happens this summer. I tell all of our students, just come to camp. Like if you you don't know anyone, you're not really connected, come to camp, come to AYC uh, in February, because those are opportunities where a lot of people are new. Uh, and, and probably none, none greater, none opportunity greater than, than tonight, we start the race, and it's a four-week competition in August, and yeah, some of the teams are already getting excited. We just did the draft, we posted the results, uh, and, and there's already tensions building. And so uh, the race is an awesome opportunity uh, just to get together, begin the school year off, off right, um, and, and I tell people, you know, I, I, don't, I don't really know anyone. When you go to the race, most people don't know anyone. That's why it's such a good opportunity to get involved. We've got volunteers and leaders uh, that, are, that have eyes out for students that are feeling like a little uncomfortable because we know it can be awkward. But, but growth never happens in your comfort zone. You always have to take that step. And so for parents, with every ounce of influence I have uh, in your life, to dictate what happens in your kids' lives. Make them go to the race tonight. There was a time in their life when they didn't want to shower, and you made them shower because they started to stink, right? There's rules that we have. That's one of your rules. Make them come tonight. It's going to be so much fun. Yeah. You don't have to pre-register. Uh, that's our, you know, we've already done some of our pre-registrations. You can show up at the door, and we've got a spot for you. The race, is, it's, it's four different teams, and it gets crazy up in here. It's awesome. Like, if you came as an adult, those adults in the room, if you came as an adult, you would want to be a kid again for the race because it's, like, ripped up T-shirts, paint on their face. I don't recognize anyone. It's awesome. It's like Lord of the Flies. So we try to make, yeah, yeah, exactly. Essentially. Yeah. A little anarchy in here. Uh, safer. Uh, That's right, yeah. <laughs> Control the anarchy. Yeah. We promise it'll be safe yeah. for the most part. Um, 
So one of the things we want to do this morning, uh, we are going to kind of close a little bit earlier than we normally would, um, partly because we want to give you some time and some space to interact. And uh, many of you have never even been in the new space uh, that we opened this, this past year. In the children's area, we usually have lockdown security on, Saturday, on Sunday morning, and only parents can get behind the closed doors. Well, today we're opening it up, so all of you, if you'd like to explore that space, you can do that today. Uh, Matt and Sarah are going to be down in the student life area, which is on the far end, the west end of the building, so you can stop by, say hi to them, you can ask them questions. Uh, you said after the last service, a, a group congregated, and you preached to them. It was... They were like, what, what is this race you speak of? And I said, I will tell you Let the gospel of you. the race. Yes, yes. It was awesome. Um, so you'll have an opportunity to do that. Not like preaching, like, because that'll turn people I know, I'm off. Just it won't yeah. be like that. It'll be... Um, and then we, we, we actually have, uh, is it Kona Ice? Is that the, that group that has oh, the yeah. ice stuff? Yeah, we have that. I think they're hanging around possibly. So you can do that. You can hang out and talk. We just want to give you space to explore some different things. We're so thankful that we have Matt and Sarah on the team. They're awesome. They're leading our students and uh, so much good. So would you stand? Would you stand with me? And I'm just going to say a blessing over you. They're sneaking out so they can get down to that area. I'm stalling right this minute so they get there in place. But now, as, uh, as we leave this place, may you know that no matter where you go, you have a God who is pursuing you out of his great love for you. May you become a son and a daughter of the Most High God because he loves you and he created you. May you receive his love, his grace, his mercy, and his peace, and may you then share that with everyone you come in contact with. Go today in his grace and his love. Have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday.